I think it's always good to have some sort of visual prop when you're delivering a message. And uh, I've got a couple up here this morning that we'll talk about and refer to. But the main, the main prop, I, I couldn't bring down this morning. It's too heavy. It's too large. It sits in the middle of our sanctuary. It's the big skylight. I wasn't able to find a way to transport that down there, but I did want to talk about it for a moment. I was marveling at the vision of our ancestors, and that includes some of you who were part of that decision, that idea to, to put a skylight in a church. Back in 1968, I know that was the year before church actually, I guess, was dedicated, but um, the decision to put a skylight in a church at that point struck me as being very profound because um, I imagine just like we have today, you've got to watch how you spend your money in the church. You've got to be careful. You've got to show good stewardship. Maybe we've got to skip the skyline. You know, it's really necessary. It probably costs more money added to the But someone probably insisted that we have that skyline, that it was important to be there. And now we look at it all these years later and think, you know, that was a pretty good idea. And I'll share some of my idea as to why it was. I'm sure that you have some thoughts as well. But it brings light to the sanctuary, right? Sometimes when I'm here in the evening and I go down the hall and I think, oh, someone left the lights on in the sanctuary. But it's not the lights at all. It's the light, the main light, the sunlight that comes through through into our sanctuary each and every day. Brings us light, brings us hope, brings us direction. So I really marvel at their foresight and their resilience and their determination to say, no, we need this because maybe in 2019 or somewhere down the road, our, our, our children and our children's children are going to need that light. They're going to need to see the light. And so I give them thanks for that. Now, we all know that as much as the sun illuminates for us, we know there are some side effects, right? You get to my age, you've got to be careful. So when I walk the dog, my dermatologist insists that I don't leave the house without my hat. A little lighter up there than I used to be. So I've got to have my hat on to protect my head from some of the damaging effects of the sun. But I don't always wear it. Don't tell my dermatologist that. Sometimes I forget. Sometimes I just don't bother. And so I risk. I put myself at risk when the sun comes down. And even though I enjoy the light, I enjoy the warmth, I'm a little bit at risk, and I have to, I have to be careful about that. Covering up from the sun is prudent and proactive because sun can damage our skin and adversely affect our overall health if we're not careful. But what about exposure to the sun, to this sun? Have you ever thought much about that exposure, how it affects us? I think it seems like we're more guilty of avoiding this sun than this sun. We're happy to go out where we love to see the sun. We love the warmth of the sun. Sometimes we don't acknowledge this sun quite as often. We turn him off, tune him out, push him away 
Sometimes people reject his very existence. He's not real. He doesn't have a presence in my life. Where do we stand with all of this? So we can see the difference in our exposure to the sun and to the sun. There is, however, one unmistakable commonality between the two. When you remove the sun, what are you left with? Darkness, right? Hard to navigate in this world in darkness, whether it's physical darkness or spiritual darkness. Hard to get around. Hard to find your way without the sun. Practically, symbolically, metaphorically, our ancestors wanted to be sure that we would never walk in darkness. Yes, it's symbolic, but I think it speaks to so much more than that. This church needs a light. This church needs the light. We all need that light. So, way back in 1968, I thought some of you were probably involved in this a skylight was put in in the middle of an absolutely gorgeous and sacred sanctuary to provide both physical and symbolic light for everyone that would enter that sanctuary, for everyone that would follow, whether they be a member or whether they be a guest, visitor, whatever. The light was there for each and every one of us. And you know, it was a good thing because if you remember, Back in 1968, our country and our world was at a time of terrible turmoil. In the span of two months, Martin Luther King Jr. and Robert F. Kennedy were gunned down by assassins' bullets. The next year, 1969, 50 years ago, things got even crazier. Mind-altering drugs were reaching their peak. The Vietnam War was becoming bloodier. Today. And an angry, confused, disheartened generation of young people decided that things needed to change. And so they converged on eastern New York to a place called Woodstock for a concert that was supposed to attract 10 or 20,000, came close to half a million. Young people were searching for answers, they were searching for light. They were searching for the sun, but they didn't really know it at the time. And you know, two songs emerged that same year. Those of you who are old enough to remember, The Fifth Dimension released the song, Let the Sun Shine. It was actually part of a medley with the Age of Aquarius. Medleys weren't done very often, so they were stepping out in a lot of ways. And then, of course, the Beatles with yet another hit, Here Comes the Sun. People were searching back then at a time of turmoil and turbulence, they knew why they were searching, but they didn't know exactly what they were searching for. There was only one problem with those two songs. Each one had a misspelling. The sun was spelled like this. It should have been spelled like that. That's what they were really looking for. Yeah, sure, we need the illumination, the physical light, but this is what we really needed. And he was ready. Just 
like he's comforting the lamb right here in our image. He was ready to embrace all of us, both individually but all at one time, to make us feel better, to bring us comfort. But we just we didn't know it. And so we followed the music and the, and the drugs and the free love and everything else that came with it. That's who we were worshiping back in 1969. Much has changed since that time in so many ways. There were no cell phones back then, no technology like we have today. Fortunately, we've come a long way, right? Things are so much better today. We're all moving in unison as a nation, right? We're all pursuing the sun. Maybe not. Maybe not. In fact, we may be more angry and more confused today than we were 50 years ago. But there's good news. Isn't that great? There's always good news. God will have his way in the end. Every knee shall bow. But until such, such time, we have an opportunity, this very moment, this very morning, an opportunity to break or at least chip away at the stranglehold that has gripped us for the past 50 years and far beyond that. We can make a difference, each and every one of us, by letting the sunshine in. Took a giant step there on Wednesday night when we went to the neighborhood. We left the church, we left the comfort and the safety and security of the church and went out to what could have been potentially hostile territory. We don't speak God here. We don't want you at our door. Please leave. But that didn't happen. That didn't happen. They opened their door. Some people invited us in. Most everyone was friendly. wonder why we hadn't stepped up in, out in faith before this. That was my thought. And I was one of the ones that wasn't real crazy about going out there, even though I knew it was the right idea, the right thing to do. God is light. In him there is no darkness. If we claim to have fellowship with him, and yet we walk in darkness, we live a lie. We don't live the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, even the people we don't know, the strangers in the neighborhood that surround us who should not be strangers at all. And the blood of Jesus, his son, promises to purify all of us from our sins. So yes, we're all blind, but we have this great and glorious gift from the son to have all of that wiped away, to walk away as fresh and new and cleansed. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. So when we reach out to other people outside of the church, we have to understand that they don't know any better. They think everything's fine. If it feels good, do it. Follow what you want to do. Follow your instincts. But we've got another message from God. If if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. He will forgive our sins and then he'll purify us from all unrighteousness. Wiped out just like that. If we claim we have not sinned, however, we make him out to be a liar. 
and his word is not in us. So we ask the question today, where is the sun in our lives today? At this very moment, is he front and center, or is he kind of on the periphery? Yeah, he's out there somewhere, but not really sure, don't have much of a relationship, think about him occasionally. Is he the main thing, or is he an afterthought? Unlike the sun that my dermatologists and others are encouraging us to avoid as much as possible as we age, this sun, the Son of God, is the one we are continued to encourage, to seek, and pursue in earnest regardless of our age. Too much time in the sun has some painful and even difficult circumstances, threatening. Too much time away from the sun is even more devastating, even deadly. The sun is coming. This sun's already here. This sun has been here, but it's coming back. He promises to do that. So, let us invite him. Let us open the church doors. Let us leave the church and go elsewhere. Let us be disciples and share our faith with others. See the light. Pursue the light. Follow the light. Best of all, reflect that light. The light of Jesus that resides in your heart. One day, the justice of the sun, the sun will come and become a light to all nations. Then, everybody will see. But we can hasten that process by living our lives right now as holy disciples. Hear me. You who know what is right, you people who have taken my instruction to heart, do not fear the reproach of mere mortals or be terrified by their insults. Knock on the door. Take a chance. The moth will eat them up like a garment. The worm will devour them like wool. But my righteousness will last forever. My salvation through all generations. See the light. Follow the light. Reflect the light. As our ancestors did 50 years ago. Allow it to pour into the sanctuary. Allow it to be part of your heart. And reflect it everywhere you go. In everything that you do. Then we will have done his will. And we will be rewarded. As we reside in the glory of his father's kingdom. 